0: Good morning and welcome to the Reliably Well podcast, a podcast for medical professionals looking for insight into ways to be more effective for their patients and communities by making sure they are caring for themselves first and thriving in their lives. Welcome to the Reliably Well podcast. Today we're going to be talking about clinical leadership and I'm i um, thankful that Dr. Jahnsey and Dr. Abraham are here. And one thing I'm thinking about is leadership normally is the convergence of two, it seems, uh, antithetical qualities, like good leaders are contemplative, but also active. They are action-oriented. They're also curious people. They're humble. They're also confident. And I want to talk about how we go about understanding good leadership, and then also how do we cultivate it within ourselves. In, um two years ago, we were a book for our book club called Built to Last, and Jim Collins and uh, Jerry Porras showed how a lot of CEOs are not just the charismatic, larger-than-life individuals. Oftentimes, they argue that the CEOs, you know, the great leaders are – are modest. Um, For example, Scott McKnight, who was the CEO of 3M for 52 years, he was described as humble, modest, a good listener, quiet, thoughtful, serious. And I I don't know if any biography was written of this um, very humble individual. Dr. When when we think about clinical leadership, what does humility have to do with leading in the clinical setting?
1: I mean, I think we're all imperfect, and um, uh, especially in the in the clinical world, there are answers none of us are going to know. No matter how smart, how gifted we are. And uh, if we pretend that, that we are something that we are not, we will be discovered to be that thing which we are not. And therefore, I think it would bring into question everything else that you stand for, everything else that you say, everything else that you promote, um, if you've promoted yourself as this um, uh, perfect individual. So if we know we're imperfect, and if we know that at some time somebody's going to see one of those moments where we're imperfect, then living up to what we are um, is uh, it only makes uh, intuitive sense, uh, to me initially, I think also, you know, we did a podcast not too long ago about the imposter syndrome. And I think that, um, you do as a leader, you do get put on a pedestal a little bit as you are something more than what you are. And, and not, not that I mean that, uh, that we're imposters as leaders, but I think, um, being approachable, being, uh, being, um, very open to that idea that I am not, um, perfect and I don't always have the right answer, but I'm always looking for it. I think that that really um, helps those people who know they don't have the right answer yet feel like, okay, this leader is somebody I can approach to help me to find that answer. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's imperative that, that leaders um, have that, that, that humble spirit in truth All leaders are servants anyway, and so to be that true um, leader that we're supposed to be, we have to we have to acknowledge that that servitude uh, role that we that we're going to fill at some point in time uh, for people as well. So I, I think all those aspects. Uh, I would say it's 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 imperative that if somebody's going to be a leader, they have to be able to bring that part of their personality to the forefront, um, so that they understand, can get to know, um, and, and can relate to those people that they're going to lead.
2: And I think, too, that um, it's such a humbling profession that I would completely agree, all fallible, all make mistakes, and you have to learn how to live in light of that and not in spite of it. I think, also, even when you do everything perfectly, there can still be a bad outcome. So even in the times where you're not fallible and you do everything right because of what a challenging profession it is— and. So <clears throat> And so I think if, if there isn't a posture of humility or a culture of humility in your practice, it has the opportunity for some clinicians to be devastated when they do everything correctly and then something bad happens. And then as opposed to it kind of, I have a posture of humility, I kind of have to expect some of these things. Um, it's just, it totally derails them. Um, and so it's kind of two sides of the same coin of, I think, what humility can look like leading other people. I, uh,
1: I I may have said this before on this podcast, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I've said it to you you guys before, but I kind of like to watch uh, air disasters on the Smithsonian Channel because it makes me realize, okay, that's not going to happen again. But I remember this, the most devastating, um, I think it's the, the it cost more lives in one single Incident than anything else in the history of commercial aviation, Um, but it's a one runway airport somewhere off the coast of Africa, I believe. Um, Maybe maybe, maybe I'm on the wrong continent, even. But uh, uh, in in the it was dense fog. Um, This plane that was gonna that was taking off misheard the communication. They didn't say things the way they say it now. Um, they only say take off now when you're supposed to take off, not when you're giving instructions about what to do after you take off or uh, you can take off when this happens. Um, you say depart or things like that uh, now. But the, the pilot in charge of that aircraft was the guy who was in charge of KLM's Um, training program Uh, he was their chief safety officer and head of pilot training and you could it's a reenactment but you do get some of the the voices there but some of that um, um, lack of questioning and, and you see it over and over again in these incidents when one person doesn't have any humility to listen to somebody else or question what did they hear make sure that they're hearing what happens? People die. And and it, that that one just always sticks with me over and over again because this was the guy. If you're thinking about somebody who's going to be safe, somebody who's going to th- be thoughtful, somebody who knows what they ought to be doing – This is the guy, and he's the guy who was responsible for the single greatest loss of life in commercial aviation. And so, you know, again, uh, I think that idea of humility, it not only makes you an effective leader, it probably saves lives.
0: That's good. And I I didn't even think about how humility and the the word you used earlier was approachable and how to be approachable to your team, that they can confront you. And like Dr. Dr. Abraham, you just talked about with having a culture of humility where you can speak candidly with others. That's very important. How does curiosity relate to being a clinical leader? Um, Obviously, there's going to be leaders that are action-oriented But what about curiosity?
2: Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know those things are mutually exclusive. I think you can probably be action oriented and curious. I know that's not probably not what you're getting out there. But I think that in medicine, you're 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 in this human interaction with another individual. Right. So you're like thinking about science and physiology and pharmacology and all these things that you're going to try to help this person feel, feel better. But there's so much that the patient brings to the clinical encounter. And there's so much that you as the clinician bring to the clinical encounter that I think in order as a leader to be curious, I think you have to really understand what, what are my colleagues actually bringing when they show up to work every day? Maybe it's their worldview. Maybe it's a, family member that's sick, maybe it's they're really excited about their child just got into college or, you know, but there's something that they're bringing to the encounter. And I think to come alongside them and help kind of co labor with them, I think that you have to be curious about their life. Um, And I think the same thing happens for your patients, too. I think that um, in order to take really good care of somebody, I think it's, I would actually argue that it's probably more important to know, like that patient's home life than it is to really like perfectly understand the pharmacokinetics of the drug that you're prescribing. And that's, you know, that doesn't replace competence. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that really understanding and being curious about the the person's story, I think is what really ultimately moves the needle. Yeah. I, uh, get to interact a lot of times with, um,
1: pre-hospital folks and some educational, uh, um uh, exposures that I have with them and and a lot of times it's is to them there's a lot of rote facts they have to know um and okay, this is the drug I give now, and this is the drug I give after that and what I always tell them is you know it's important to learn that, but that will be very fleeting if you don't know why if it's only rote memorization that is tough to do and it is a, it is nearly impossible to keep without continually quizzing yourself on that rote memorization it just doesn't stick Um, and I think the same thing with sometimes it can be very clear that this is the solution you know fire this person hire that person um, you know uh, but if you don't understand why something is in the shape that it's in if you haven't asked that, that, that question or that question after that question to figure out why things are that way you can be in exactly the wrong direction you can add on another employee and you can make the problem twice as bad. Um, you can get rid of somebody who is not the problem and have lost a great person out of your organization because there's a broken process that you know nobody's ever asked the question why. They just have replaced the the, the broken part with another part that'll break soon afterwards. And so I think it's imperative to, to be an effective leader you, you have to be, you have to make sure that you're asking questions um, because the people that bring the problems and potentially the solutions to you, they may not, hopefully they have, but you got to make sure that they've asked those questions as well so that you're getting all the data that you can to, to handle the problem that, that shows up.
2: And like you think even with the pandemic, right? I mean, I mean, I really think that it is revealed that a prerequisite to being a leader is you have to be curious. Because if you were not curious about what was going on in March of 2020, you were in trouble, Um Even if you felt like you had a perfect grip on it and then a variant happens and we treat the patients a different way. And so a lot of it is kind of um, trying to promote this continuous learning, this continuous improvement. How can I continue to grow in my medical knowledge and aptitude? Like that takes a certain amount of curiosity as well. How many Um, many people
1: would medicine have killed with the initial way we thought about treating this ARDS-like picture that we were seeing in people's lungs?
2: That's right. That's right.
0: So we have to be honest with ourselves and be honest and know our limitations and know that we need to be curious beyond just everything we know. Let's go to the other end. Leaders need to be confident as well. They also need to be, I guess, action-minded. Most great leaders challenge the status quo. Uh, Not only do they take action, but they're they're confident to overthrow years of tradition and custom uh, Peter Drucker said, whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. Uh, Dr. Abraham, what, how do leaders need to be confident?
2: I think you need to be confident in what you don't know. And I think that it's kind of one thing to say, like, I need to kind of embrace my strengths, but... I don't know. I, I mean, for me, it's really having an accurate understanding of, Hey, this is kind of a weak spot of mine. And I need to kind of ask Dr. John C like, Hey, what would you, what what would you do here? You know? Cause I don't, I don't really trust myself in certain instances as to kind of really know what to do. And so I think that, you know, I think it's important to kind of embrace the role you have to some extent, but I think part of that confidence is being really confident in, this is a weak area. I need to work on it, but also need to know that I could trip up here um, if I don't pay extra close attention to it.
1: Yeah. I think medicine is one of those areas
2: where uh, the collaborative approach
1: is what we often do. I mean, you're a hospitalist. Uh, I'm I'm an EM doc. I I, I sometimes have no idea what you're going to do for this patient in the hospital. Um, And and you get them in the hospital and you don't know how to deal with the precise treatment of this particular modality. So, you know, we get more minds on board um, to, to do that. But in leadership, whoa, you're the head guy your buck stops with you you're supposed to and and I do agree that um that we need to understand where our limitations are. we need to gather more information and then at the time where action is required, then you have to you have to foster that that confidence to say i okay i've I've asked and now I know what needs to be done for you, and this is what we're gonna do i i I think again in the patient model. Um, that, that That carries forward into into the leadership world, if you come to the patient and you say, I really think this is going to do good for you, and I really think you 're going to survive this surgery and i'm i 'm pretty sure you 're going to get back home." well, that patient's outcome is, I don't care how skilled you are or how good the the therapy is, that patient's outcome is going to be worse. Then if after you've done that, you've had, you understand the patient's perspective on things. You understand that, you know, what they want out of this, what they're willing to, to sacrifice for this outcome, and you present them with the option and that's what they want to do. Well, we're 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 past having any of this doubt uh, creeping into it. Now it's to go forward with. All right, this is what we're doing, and this is going to work. And that patient internally, uh, that, that patient's outcome is going to be better because internally they have confidence in what's happening. They're going to be more compliant with it. They're going to um, everything is going to pull together in the same direction for the ultimate. Improvement of that patient. I think the same thing has to happen with with a leader. Once you get to that to that inflection point, it is time to you. You can't continue to bring the doubt in um, to that uh, discussion because if the leader's the one that's wavering, eh, I, I'm not sure now if that's the the play that we ought to run. Well, nobody else is going to run that play with confidence. Um, so so I agree. We've got to know when to ask for help, and then once we've mustered all of that resource, now let's be confident going forward.
2: Yeah, and I think part of that takes and really requires, and it can be a small group, it can be one or two people, but a supportive community that has your back. And I think that knowing that people are supportive of you will allow you to be confident in light of what you may not know. Because at some point, as a leader, you're going to be thrust into a decision where there is no right answer, or you certainly may not be aware of what the answer is when you have to make a decision. And so it's and so it's embracing that a decision has to be made. I need to do it. But I also have a group of people that I know has my back. Um, and I'm going to use all the wisdom and everything that can come to me in that situation to do the right thing and always do the right thing. Um, But I think that having that layer of community is critical.
0: So be curious, curious enough to get all the facts, but there's going to be a point in time where you're going to have to make a decision. I would think that there'd be some clinicians that are listening who are saying, yeah, Joe, I... I, in this one particular case, I did all my, fa- I, I looked at the facts. I still didn't know, and I didn't know if it would be dishonest to act confident when I really weren't, wasn't confident. How would you guide someone who needs to make a decision on the diagnosis, but then also to deliver it without being dishonest as if you were actually confident? Well again I
1: think that it, 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 you're talking about the kind of that paternalistic sort of model where I just tell you yes Sam take this pill this is the one for you but I, again I think that that gets built upon the understanding that I've discussed with you what your goals of that treatment are and what your what your absolutes look I'm not going to a nursing home or whatever and so if the treatment might have a good chance that we're going to land you somewhere where you don't want to be well now we know that that's off the table and that gives me more confidence to know that what I'm what I'm suggesting to you is the right thing versus there's there's um, more ambiguity but again I think I got to know who you you are when I'm discussing that um, to help to bring out what the risks and benefits of 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 the two or three or Twenty different options that are out there um, to you, so we can focus in on on, ma- on that shared decision that we're making together. But then, once we make that decision, that's what I mean. Then, then the time for this waffling and this, and this ambiguity, we 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 can't continue to bring that in there because that's only going to weaken the ability for what we knew was the right decision to become less uh, potent. Uh, for you um I, I think too um a lot of times leaders the the inertia of status quo is very very powerful um we see this a lot of times when we're coming into a practice and we're trying to adjust what the practice is and well as you know we didn't we, that's not what we've been doing for this but if there wasn't an issue if we weren't i mean people don't just try and change things just we we certainly don 't try and change things just to change things there's no there's no benefit in in trying to to lead change when there is no reason for it so there 's clearly a reason um, you know your your blood sugar is running over four hundred. <laughs> Every day of the week there's a time to change your diet now um, and your medication therapy because what was working five years ago is not working anymore for you, and so we've got to adjust things uh, around because of what's going on so I think that's more what i what what I would guess when leaders have a lot of hesitancy about a new choice that they're making is to leave the status quo. But you got to see the status quo for what it is. It's failed or it can't continue for whatever reason. And so we've got to move to something else. And so it, it's, it, it gives you a lot more confidence to go in a new direction, even though you can't be certain that that's going to be the right direction. The, the absolute wrong direction is to stay where you are.
0: So when we think about cultivating curiosity how do we go about doing that someone's listening and saying you know what i want to be a clinical leader i want to be more curious how would you go about
1: become a five-year-old ask a lot of whys understand what's what's going on and feel humble enough to say i don't know every answer and so I'm going to ask what, what's going on. I'm going to ask what might be um, the problem here. Uh, I'm going to pick some other people's brains and and learn from folks that are smart. Um, I think that, you know, that, that's, that's the beginning. Ask why.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would even think about how interesting it would be if you were working in an emergency department trying to figure out, or you're working in a hospital, you're working on a ward of a hospital, and you're trying to figure out how to make it, um run better like i would ask a janitor hey you've been here for 15 years you've seen this place work far more than i have do you have any ideas on how this could be better and i think that even like that example you know or even like bringing your child and say hey like what does it make sense to this you know, like what's kind of confusing about this to you, um, I think would be a really interesting exercise. Um, And I think that that kind of goes to this idea that all people have dignity and value, um, no matter what your credentials are. I think that's just important to um, fully understand and embrace that it doesn't really matter. Like this curiosity is not limited to just patient care. And it's not just limited to the Uh, physician's lounge. And it's not just limited to, you know, the corporate boardroom or whatever, but it's just, it's, it's every, I mean, it's the person that bags your groceries. It's the person that, you know, um, like your garbage man, Hey, like, what did you not like about your last interaction with your physician? I'd love to hear about that.
0: So if we want to think about how to be more confident and be a leader, how, how would we go about cultivating that confidence? is that even something you can cultivate I, again i think
1: um a, a lot of my confidence comes from where i'm coming from um i i i'll, I'll also give you that I, that I, f- I feel a lot of confidence from my um uh, my particular religious um ideology uh gives me a lot of confidence uh in 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 what i'm doing but but again i think the fact that i'm tr- that if my basis is very non um self-centered uh i feel much more confident in what it is that i'm going to achieve out of the decision that i'm going to make because the decisions that I make simply based on what's best for me, I have a lot of suspicion that they might not fit everybody else's lifestyle. So if I'm um, if I'm trying to look through others' eyes, if I'm trying to make that decision based upon somebody else, I feel a lot more confidence in the decision that comes out um, that it will be the best. That does not mean that they will be universally accepted, lauded, and praised, but it means that I don't have to fear the fact that I did something out of a a very wrong motivation.
0: Could could I tease that out a little bit, Um, if you feel comfortable with this? In what way does your religious outlook help you be more confident? I would suspect that some of our listeners might have a religious ideology, perhaps not, but I'm just curious about how that gives you some confidence.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I involve my creator and the decisions that I make. Um, so I'm asking for guidance, I'm asking for direction from the ultimate mentor, uh, that's that's out there in that way. Um uh, I'm asking to to keep, you know, me in check. Um in 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 letting my own selfish desires get in the way. Um again, I don't I don't mean to say that then that that in some way now makes me perfect. Um, but what I'm saying is that helps keep me focused in that sort of a mindset that I'm not looking out for number one, um, in the decision that I'm making. Um, and again, I I do feel confident that, um, um, that I'll get bumped uh when I need to get bumped, that I'll get checked when I need to get checked, uh, so that I stay within the uh the the boundaries that are appropriate.
2: Yeah, and just just since you've kicked open the philosophical door, I'm gonna walk right in. I like I think that part of the the if so like the we're kinda operating out of the presupposition that it requires humility to be a good leader. Okay. So that like takes a certain Stant. like I mean that like there 's some philosophical framework there, and so I think that you know i I too like Dr. Johnson, would hope that my worldview and my belief in a creator. Does impact me in every decision that I make, especially in those in leadership, but it's your confidence is not, it's, I mean, it's the old, um, I don't know if this is a C.S. Lewis quote, but I, but I feel like it should be attributed to him in some way, but it's this idea of if you're, if you're trying to walk across a frozen pond, what's actually keeping you from falling in the frozen water? And it's not, it's, it's not the fact that you think that the ice is going to hold you. It's the fact that the ice is holding you. And it really has nothing to do with whether you're thinking about that or not. And so I think that what does it take to be confident? I think it's what is the source of that confidence? And I think if the source of that confidence is I'm going to make 100% perfectly correct decisions in everything that I do, I think you're going to wind up disappointed at some point, you know, if we are all fallible um, and we're going to make mistakes as we're interacting with other people. If my confidence is I'm never going to let a patient die well, that like that's not going to work out very well for me. Um, but if my confidence is that I do the best that I can with what I've been given to treat this person with dignity that they deserve, um, and I'm going to try to love my neighbor as myself, and I'm going to put other people before myself, I think that's a reasonable place to put your confidence in that you're probably going to grow in opportunities to lead other people. You're thinking about something, Sam.
0: I don't think that humility was a presupposition because I think Dr. John C earlier argued that The reason humility makes you a good leader is because you're approachable and you also are facing the fact that you don't know everything, and that's what makes you a better leader. The second thing I was going to say is this idea, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a religious mindset or a religious ideology. Because I would think there are, there are some some of our listeners, perhaps, who have no religious ideology, but who are altruistic in some degree, and they're other people-centered. And if that's why you're in medicine, then you're not going to let your selfishness interrupt your train of thought and perhaps cause you to do something immoral. Um, but it just seems that even if you don't have a religious mindset, if you are in medicine to help people, that will help you. That may be the north that might help, you know, That, that might, that's your internal compass guiding you in, in making good decisions as a leader.
2: And it can't be centered on yourself. I think that's the common thread there is that it has to be something outside of yourself that is the ultimate aim that you're trying to accomplish.
1: And you have to make sure that you're honest with that. You've heard more times than you can count, and I too— about well, I'm doing this for the patient. When if you really peel that onion back just one layer, you know it's not about the patient. It's about me and what I want to do and that sort of thing. So I, I think yes, there is the 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 altruism that is that is um, much the basis of of medicine and the the help of a of a of another person. Um, but you know, when, when, uh, w- when, when, people's, um, livelihood is, is at stake, sometimes those that altruistic, um, Understanding gets twisted slightly, and, and people uh, use it as a uh, as a means to another end. So, uh, whatever we are, uh, you, we didn't ask this question here about clinical leadership, but I think that that's the other one. Is that I th- I think that honesty is 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 required you know in my idea about humility again i think that that's a big part to me is if i represent myself as perfect um, i'm going to fail but i can represent myself as honest and that's one i can i can hold up to i may never i may not be perfect 100% of the time but i can be honest 100% of the time it
0: it is interesting where the conversation is turned it seems that Humility is the basis of confidence. I think I'm understanding that right. Is is humility the basis of confidence?
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's the basis and the foundation. I think it is a um is a key ingredient to kind of get the reaction going in a way that allows you to live into what you're being called to do in a situation where leadership is required. Um I think if, if
1: I'm the um if I'm the the, the all star first baseman on the St. Louis Cardinals and my job is to hit home runs and the bases are loaded in the bottom of the ninth and I don't hit a home run, well now I've lost my whole mission, goal, what you know, all of this starts to crumble. But if I acknowledge that, you know what, I I, I hit a lot of home runs, but you know what? I'm a 300 hitter. That means seven out of ten times I don't I don't hit the ball. Even uh, don't don't successfully make it to 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 first base. Well, I think that that's a much more realistic view of who we are. So is that humble in a way? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of humility. I think it's also a perspective of reality. And if we haven't built ourselves up. Um, Our confidence is not built upon our success rate historically, then we can be confident going forward into that decision that, look, some of the decisions I'm going to make, the majority of them are going to be the right ones. And even when I make the wrong ones, I'm going to make it from the right perspective. And if it turns out to not be a success, it wasn't because the way the process I came to it was wrong it just doesn't work out this time i can have the right answer to the patient's condition i can know what's going on with them and i can prescribe the right medicine but sometimes they still don't recover and so i think that that's the it's the realistic perspective that we bring into our leadership that fuels our confidence to not be conditional upon the outcome of this decision
2: and it's and it's the and it's the old tim keller that humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less and it's really probably more synonymous with being self-forgetful as opposed to saying, oh, I'm just, I'm no good. You know, I, I'm I'm not worth anything because, you know, again, going back to the worldview thing, it's like you're actually worth a lot um, and you're actually worth more than you could ever dream that you were worth. Um, you're still going to make mistakes. But this kind of what we're after here in leadership is really good leaders don't really think about themselves all that often. Um, and it's not that you're thinking down on yourself. It's just, I just am not really. I'm thinking about the patient, or I'm thinking about my staff, or I'm thinking about the nurse, or the, you know, the um, huck who's actually, you know, working to make sure that, you know, the beds are turned over, and the person that's changing the sheets of the beds in the emergency department. Um, and so I think that that distinction of, because I don't want us to, you know, we don't want to send the message that it's that you've got to be all Debbie Downer, and I'm never going to be any good. I don't really think that's what we're talking about. I think we're really saying, I just need to think about myself a little bit less. Um, and I'm probably actually, things will probably turn
0: out okay. That's great. I-, I love that point. That humble leadership is not humble in such a way that they're like self deprecating, where they're just down on themselves. It's more self forgetful. Great point. And, um, and that's also what we've talked about is. Being other people centered and forgetting themselves, that's one way that they're confident. They know they're in medicine, not for themselves, but for other people's sake. And then we already talked about earlier how good leaders are humble and confident, and they are curious about others, and they make decisions for their well-being. Those are some of the things that we've talked about. But thank you so much, Dr. Abraham and Dr. Johnsey, for uh, this discussion I I do want to thank our listeners as well. Thanks for listening in. If you appreciated the discussion, please share uh, the episode with someone. And uh, if you're willing, please give us a five-star review. And until next time, be well.